You are listening to the Quiet Grit Podcast, Episode 1. Today, I will be sharing with you the mission of this podcast, why we're living in the extrovert ideal, and I'm going to give valuable insights into the personality styles of introverts and extroverts, why we do things the way we do them, and what happens when we try to be someone we just truly aren't. So keep listening because this information is going to allow you to honor your style and unleash your potential. Welcome to Quiet Grit, the podcast that celebrates the strength, wisdom, and unique abilities of introverts. Join your host, introvert and professional coach, Lisa Stry, and embark on a journey to discover the extraordinary power that lies within the quiet. In a world that often values the extroverted, Lisa is here to redefine what it means to be strong, successful, and influential. This podcast is a sanctuary for introverts seeking inspiration, validation, and practical insights to navigate the challenges and embrace the immense potential that comes with introversion. Whether you're an introvert, an extrovert looking to understand the quiet strength around you, or somewhere in between, this podcast is your space to explore, learn, and grow. It's time to shatter stereotypes, celebrate introverted successes, and unlock the full potential of your introverted power. So join us as we set out on this empowering journey. Together, let's amplify the quiet power that resides within each and every one of us. Hello, and welcome to the debut episode of the Quiet Grit Podcast. I am your host, Lisa Stry, and I am so excited to be here with you today. Starting this podcast has been on my heart for quite some time now, and with the support of so many friends and family members and my kids and husband cheering me on, it's now officially a reality. So welcome. Let me start off by telling you a little bit about my story. So first of all, I am, like many of you, an introvert. And as you guys know, it's hard to talk about ourselves. But I think it's important for you to connect with and build this virtual relationship with me. So as I said, my name is Lisa Stry. I am a professional and personal development coach. I am a certified DISC coach. And I am also a facilitator for a workshop-based program called the Five Behaviors of a Cohesive Team. So you will hear me talk in DISC language a lot, and I'm going to teach you a lot about it as well. Before I went into coaching, I worked for a Fortune 50 company in corporate America in the insurance industry for over 10 years, where I held various roles such as field training and coaching, corporate training, launching new deployments. I started off in sales actually, and that's when I really discovered that I was an introvert. Now I left what I thought was that dream career in 2017 to to vote more time to my family. I have four kids and a husband and to go into business for myself to give me more time freedom. So I started coaching in 2018. My most recent adventure has been the nonprofit world 
where I served as the president of a national nonprofit for two years and now sit in the COO seat. I'll be sharing more about my past work experiences throughout various episodes, I'm sure, because that is how we often learn by reflecting on many of those experiences and having those aha moments. So stay tuned. Now, this past summer, I ended up taking a five-week leave of absence due to some medical needs in my family. And it was at that time that I transitioned out of my nonprofit leadership role. It was that experience, the experience of being an introvert in a leadership role, that ultimately inspired me to really focus on helping fellow introverts to be seen, heard, respected, and empowered to lead and work in a way that is real and authentic to them. So many times I have found myself out in the business world where I am having to stretch into a style that is so not me, and it is exhausting. And Now, we all have to stretch at times, whether we're introverted, extroverted, whatever, but it's important to recognize that we are stretching and that we need to allow ourselves to prepare for those times and to recover from those times. We often spend time prepping for such times of stretch. Think of psyching ourselves up and such for a presentation but we rarely give ourselves the time for the much needed recovery. And we're going to learn about that in this podcast. So who is this podcast for? Well, if you're an introvert, you are in the right place, my friend. We are going to empower each other. I am on a mission to empower introverts to make sure that we are seen, our voices are heard, no matter how quiet they may be, that we are listened to, that we are able to work and lead in a way that is authentic to us, and we are able to get people to understand us, hear us, and respect us. I'm going to give us power and authority, and I don't mean that in an extrovert way. I mean that in an introverted, quiet, grit form. You will learn how to do these things as your own authentic and real self so you don't feel like you're trying to be someone you're not. And we're gonna have a lot of fun doing it. (laughs) Now, if you are an extrovert listening to this podcast, then welcome and thank you for appreciating and wanting to learn more about the introverts in your life. Whether you are led by an introvert, maybe you're managed by an introvert, maybe you manage an introvert and you want to understand them better. Maybe you work on a team with an introvert, or you have friends, a partner, or a child who is introverted. The relationship doesn't matter, but you have an introvert in your life. We make up 25 to 40% of the population. You probably wonder, why do they do things the way they do? Why do they do it that way? They may seem cold to you, or shy, or expressionless, slow, maybe even rude at times, Well, we're going to shed some light on this for you. Let me tell you, we live in a world where we have what is called the extrovert ideal. Now, that's a term that was originally coined by Susan Cain in the book, Quiet, The Power of Introverts in a World That Can't Stop Talking. It is an amazing book, one that I've read multiple times and lovingly marked up. 
I highly recommend it. And I will put a link to this in the show notes for you. What Kane has concluded from years of research and practice is that we live in a world where the extrovert ideal rules. This concept came about in the early 1900s when a man named Dale Carnegie was growing up. Now, we all know Dale Carnegie for his numerous self-help books, such as How to Win Friends and Influence People, or How to Stop Worrying and Start Living, or The Art of Public Speaking. We know his work. He is a public speaking guru. But believe it or not, Dale grew up quite introverted. He came from a poor farming family and feared remaining in that lifestyle as an adult. So one day in 1902, Dale attended a talk, and that experience convinced Dale that in order to be successful in life, he needed to be a good public speaker. He needed to be a salesperson. At that time, the American economy was changing. Henry Ford was selling the Model T. J.C. Penney and Sears Roebuck were becoming household names, and people had the new luxuries of electricity and indoor plumbing. And with the economy change came the evolution from the culture of character to the culture of personality, where Americans started to focus on how others perceived them. Those who were loud were seen and heard, while those who came to work with quiet loyalty and did their job with accuracy and dedication fell behind the curtain. Those who were bold and entertaining captivated others. Even print ads for soap and shaving cream told you how you needed to be perceived with taglines such as, all around you, people are judging you silently, and critical eyes are sizing you up right now. Seriously, those were actual ads for Woodbury Soap and the William Shaving Cream Company from 1922. So no wonder we have become such an anxious group of people. And we still see this extrovert ideal to this very day. Think about how our schools are set up, the classrooms. The desks, they're no longer in rows. They're in pods or tables. Class participation counts for a huge percentage of a semester grade. When I was an MBA student, it was 50%. This requirement was so stressful, and it encouraged students to talk just to meet their quota for that day. We were literally competing with each other to voice a thought whether it fit the topic or not. Because when half of your grade is based on how much you speak, what else are you going to do? When my oldest son was in elementary school, I got the same concern voiced to me in every parent-teacher conference. He likes to work alone more than with other students. Well, guess what? My son is a huge introvert. He is incredibly smart, but being around others drains his energy. He's an introvert and that's okay. So let's talk about different personality styles and how different styles naturally put energy towards different things. Now, I love studying different personality styles and learning how we are uniquely wired. I love taking the different personality assessments to learn more about myself. When I started coaching, I wanted to get certified in something like StrengthsFinder or Colby or something. So I researched. I talked to the companies to ask them why their assessment is the best. I talked to coaches certified in those assessments and asked the same thing. I took the different assessments to see how they resonated with me. 
And the one I chose was Everything Disc. I strongly felt that after taking numerous personality tests, that Disc was it. It was like each of these different tests was a layer of the onion that is ourselves. And Disc was the thing that pulled everything together. It didn't just describe what we do, but why we do things. It clicked with me. And I'm hoping it'll click with you because I talk in disc language a lot and I get super excited about it. Now, if you Google disc test, you're going to come up with a ton of different options. The one I work with is the original disc based on the research from Dr. William Marston back in the 1920s. It is based on four general personality styles and then breaks things down further from there. And the four basic styles are dominance, or the D style, influence, or the I style, steadiness, or the S style, and conscientiousness, or the C style. And I want to walk you through right now how to find your basic quadrant. And this is something you can do with anyone you know. And as you learn more about DISC, you will be able to quickly determine someone's general style and adjust your communication based on that. Now, this exercise is going to help you understand more about your unique personality and that of others. So get ready to be affirmed. Okay, so if you're at a desk, I want you to get out a piece of paper. If you're driving, obviously you do this later, but you can think about it in your head. I want you to draw a big plus sign or crosshairs, however you want to picture it. So you have a vertical and a horizontal axis crossing in the middle. On the vertical axis, the up and down line, I want you to think of that as a continuum or scale. At the top is the description, fast-paced and outspoken. If you fall on this end of the spectrum, you would describe yourself as action-oriented, maybe loud, dynamic, bold, that sort of thing. At the bottom of that line, the other end of the spectrum is the description, cautious and reflective. If you're on this end, you would describe yourself as maybe slower to make decisions, quiet, you process thoughts, you're careful. Now, maybe you're on one of the ends, maybe you're closer to the middle. I want you to mark on that line where you think you fall. Now, the horizontal line on the left end is questioning and skeptical. If you're on this end of the spectrum, you may challenge new ideas. You're thinking two or three steps ahead. You're asking questions such as, What if this happens? Or we should think about this. You may like to have backup plans. If you're on the right end of the line, you'd see yourself as more warm and accepting. You love new ideas. You'll cross any bridges as you come to them. You're willing to try out anything. If it doesn't work, that's okay. Again, you may be at one end or the other, or maybe somewhere in the middle. The only rule is that you can't be smack dab in the middle of both. Okay, so with that, let's find your quadrant. Basically, we're going to take your two dots and see which quadrant they meet in. So if you put yourself on the upper half of the vertical line and the left half of the horizontal line, then you'll be in the upper left quadrant. This is the D or dominant style. The upper half of the vertical line, but on the right side of the horizontal line, that's the I or influencing style. The lower half, of the vertical on the right of the horizontal is the S or steadiness style. And finally, 
lower on the vertical and left on the horizontal, that's the C or conscientiousness style. Now, this is your basic disc style. Keep in mind, you could fall anywhere in that quadrant. For example, you could be a straight C style, or you may be like me and you're a CS style. I am very close to the cautious and reflective side of the vertical axis, but I'm about halfway on the horizontal. Your inclination could vary. The disc map is a circle with the four quadrants. It's divided straight into fourths at 12, 3, 6, and 9 o'clock, if you picture it like a clock. The introvert-extrovert line hits right around 4 o'clock and 10 o'clock, generally speaking. Your style could be very close to the edge of the circle, meaning you very strongly relate to the typical characteristics of your style, or it could be closer to the center, which is much easier for you to stretch or adapt to another quadrant when needed. My dot is very close to the edge. When I need to stretch into the I quadrant, I get very drained. So let me give you an example. When I was in insurance sales, I worked for an agent who was most likely a strong DI style. She was confident. She knew her stuff. She was an amazing networker. And we joined a networking group that met on Tuesdays over lunch. So it's one of those groups where you come together, give a little sales pitch, and you exchange leads, and you're the only business there from your industry. Well, we went together the first couple of times, and then it became my job to go to that lunch meeting each week. So I'd go, I'd pitch, and I would get zero leads. And then every week, I would drive back to the office berating myself for my ultimate failure and wonder why I just couldn't be more like my boss who can get a lead from everyone she talked to. And I'd be useless for the rest of the afternoon. At that time, I didn't understand why I couldn't do this. But now I do. I am a CS style, trying to be an I style. I was stretched too far for too long. And I wasn't properly preparing myself, nor was I letting myself recover. Now, you may be hearing me say stretch and wondering what the heck I'm talking about. So if you picture the disc map as a circle and your dot, your style, is somewhere in that circle. Like I said, it could be very close to the edge of the circle or it could be closer to the center. But imagine that you put a rubber band on your dot and then imagine stretching it to another style. Depending on how close to the edge your dot is located, your rubber band could be stretched very tightly or not so tight. That's the concept of stretch. I was a strong CS style stretching my rubber band to a strong I style. My rubber band was stretched very tightly each week for a pretty long period of time. And when I wasn't giving myself the proper opportunity to prepare or recover, I was putting myself at risk for burnout. So what's the importance of knowing this? And that's a great question, and let me tell you. When I realized this, it was such a relief to me. I no longer had to try to force myself to be someone I just simply wasn't. I finally knew. There wasn't anything wrong with me. I was just living in a different style. And the visual of that circular map, my dot, and the rubber band made it all click for me. Now, 
I know when I'm going into a situation where I'm going to be stretched and I can prepare for it. And I can also make sure that I have the means to recover and re-energize afterwards. Now, stretch goes both ways. It's not just introverts needing to stretch into an extroverted situation. There are times when extroverts need to stretch too, and it's just as draining for them. I have coached many extroverts who have had to stretch into an introverted style. I coached a really good friend who is a very strong eye style. In her work, she would coach other women on their natural fertility and hormones, which she is amazing at. However, there was a lot of follow-up paperwork that she'd have to do after meeting with a client, and that was very difficult for her. The work wasn't difficult, but sitting down to do it was, which makes sense because that is a very C-style activity, or in her case, a chore. Now me, give me a good spreadsheet with some formulas any day of the week, right? But for her, it was very hard. So we came up with a solution that I believe she still does to this very day. She sets aside specific amounts of time to do her follow-up. She'll schedule it intentionally, work at it for a set amount of time, and then she's off to do whatever she wants for the rest of the day, work or play, doesn't matter, as long as it's recovery time for her. I had another client who had to stretch into the D style so much at work that before I started working with him, he had actually taken the disc profile and came back as a D style. Now, just knowing him, I thought there was no way he was a D. So he took the assessment again, and he is actually an S style. He had been stretched so far for so long in both work and life that he had lost touch of who he actually was. And when he came back as an S and he read his profile, he said to me, this is truly me. Now, there is one more important thing about DISC that I want to share with you, and those are the different priorities that each style naturally puts their energy towards. So the dot location is the what, and these priorities explain why you do the things you do. And this is where the picture will really get painted for you. So let's dig in. Let's start with the Ds. So remember that D stands for the dominant style. Those with the D style tend to prioritize taking action, getting results, and challenge, challenging the status quo, assumptions, taking on challenging work, that sort of thing. So if you work with someone in the D quadrant, you're going to notice that they may be quick thinkers, quick talkers, they're confident, they're confident in their ideas, and they'll fight for their ideas. They care greatly about the bottom line, and they want fast results. They work best on big, short-term projects, quick pushes. To other styles, they may come across as blunt, possibly rude or bossy. I'm not saying that they are these things. This is just how others may perceive them. They may come across as authoritative, possibly intimidating. You may be hearing this and thinking of someone you know who falls into the style. Well, this is why they seem this way to you, because they prioritize actions, results, and challenge. Isn't that fascinating? Now, eyes are very social. They put their energy into enthusiasm, collaboration, and action. Like the Ds, they want to make quick decisions, but they are open to everyone's ideas. They want to make sure everyone is heard and has a voice. They love being around people. Networking is their thing. These are your friends who love to organize get-togethers. They will introduce you to others. 
They will ask your opinion because they genuinely want to know what you're thinking and they can get everyone pumped up about anything. They are your cheerleaders. Probably they love to give hugs and high fives and they work best on short-term projects. They are great at getting things started and getting people on board, but following through and doing the details sometimes is difficult for them. These people love small talk and relationship building. These are true extroverts. And it's all because they naturally put their energy towards taking action, they hate to be bored, and being super enthusiastic with their can-do attitudes and collaborating with others. Now next, the S's. S's are quieter than the I's, but they too love collaboration, and they are very accepting of new ideas. For them, though, it's because they want to maintain peace in a group, and they don't want anyone to feel bad or unheard. S's prioritize collaboration, as I said, as well as support and stability. These are the people who are always there for you. They are amazing team players. They are probably quick to volunteer. They do more listening than talking, and they are always there as a shoulder to cry on. You will want to watch, however, to make sure that these folks aren't taking on too much. They tend to put others' needs before theirs, which can burn them out but it's all because they want to give support to others and reduce chaos in their environment. They are your peacemakers. They tend to work slower. They're slower to make a decision. They may answer questions with, I'm not sure, what do you think? They tend to work well on longer term projects, the closer you get to the bottom of the the circle at least, and they appreciate clear directions. They most likely don't like a lot of public recognition, but they want to be thanked and congratulated on a job well done. Whereas your I's and D's, those closer to the top of the circle, love to be called up on stage. But the S's, they love calm and helping others. They are great in customer-facing support type roles where they can show just how supportive they can be. And finally, the C's. Ah, the group near and dear to my heart. Let me tell you, C's are overthinkers We literally cannot turn off our brains. In fact, as I say this, I'm thinking that there are going to be some of you out there who just thought, well, of course you can't literally turn off your brain. So now I'm worried about using poor grammar. But that's because C's prioritize accuracy, challenge, and stability. We hate being wrong, not because we're know-it-alls, but because we're afraid that when we're wrong, we're going to lose our credibility or others will think that we're not capable of things. We hate turning in work with errors, so we at least double check or triple check our work. We hate chaos. When our plans change, it can throw us all off. So if you work or live with a C, try to give them warning if you can when something is changing. We don't like to be rushed. We tend to think slower. We call ourselves processors. We process our thoughts. And if you ask us our opinion on something, we may have to get back to you on that. (laughs) We probably prefer email as a way of communicating. We don't like emotion all that much because emotionally charged situations are volatile and we work really hard at creating a stable environment. So when it comes to our priority of challenge, now that's different from the Ds in that it's not that we love a challenging situation, although if it gives us an opportunity to use our area of expertise, we're up for it. But when we are presented with a new idea, 
we are most likely thinking two to three steps ahead and asking a lot of what if questions. Now, C's are your tried and true introverts. When we have to make small talk or network or go to a social gathering, it's draining for us, unless it's with a small group of close friends. Now, we love our friends. Don't get me wrong. We just probably have very deep relationships with fewer people. But to some, we may come across as cold, shy, or socially withdrawn to others because we're slower to speak and we're not as emotionally driven as other styles. Now, I bet you're listening to this. And as you are, different people are coming to your mind for the different styles. I bet you're listening and at different times that you have thought, aha, or even said that out loud. And this is just scratching the surface. You can use this to learn about how and why you respond certain ways in conflict situations or why you manage others a certain way or why your manager manages you in a certain way or why your spouse or partner does this or that, right? This information is so eye-opening and affirming that it just gives you permission, for lack of a better term, to be just who you were created to be. Now, of course, this isn't meant to give you a reason to excuse certain behaviors or pigeonhole someone into a certain role or job, but it can certainly help you live and work with confidence in just being true to who you are and understanding others in your life better. And once you learn this, it is so freeing. So here's where I want us to land today. Wherever you're listening to this, you are beautifully and wonderfully made. You are you for a reason. If you need me to, then let me give you the permission to be truly and authentically you. Stop trying to constantly be someone you're not because you think they're a better leader or a better networker or the social butterfly or someone who's always on that stage. It's okay to strive to be the best version of you and we all should be working towards that. But you need to be the best version of you, not the best version of me or Sally or Katie or whoever. They aren't you. You are you, and you have gifts and talents and strengths and ideas and blessings that you need to bring to this world. Whether you are an introvert or an extrovert, you are amazing. So I hope that what we learned today has been valuable to you. I hope it's affirmed you. I hope it makes you breathe a little easier knowing why you do the things you do and why others do things differently. If you want to learn even more, I've got two resources for you. One is a free download, Unlocking Your Disc Style, available via the link in the show notes. The other is a personalized disc profile that you can purchase and take. Take the time to make this investment in yourself. Invest in your work team or your partner too if you want. It's a lot of fun to learn these things together. But even more so, get ready for our next episode. And if there is a topic you want me to cover, send me a note. I have so many things I want to cover in this podcast, but I want to hear from you too. And from the bottom of my heart, thank you for listening to this first episode of the Quiet Grit Podcast. I will see you next time. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Quiet Grit. 
We hope today's conversation has empowered you, inspired you, and reminded you of the incredible strength that lies within your introverted nature. As you step back into the world, carry with you the knowledge that your quiet presence is a force to be reckoned with. Remember, your introversion is not a limitation, it's a superpower. So embrace the solitude, relish in your thoughts, and continue to shine in your unique way. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Your feedback means the world to us, and it helps other introverts discover this empowering space. Connect with us on social media using hashtag quietgrit. Share your thoughts, your wins, and your favorite quiet moments. We love hearing from our community of introverted warriors. Until next time, fellow introverts, remember, your voice matters, your presence is impactful, and your journey is extraordinary. Stay true to yourself and let your quiet power continue to be unleashed.